here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And welcome to the 19th edition of the Brit Rest Roundtable. Yep, we're closing on on the Big 20, Big 2-0. Uh, I am Robin Reed, and I'm joined today by Ollie Court. Hello. This episode, we're going to be focusing pretty much entirely on progress. Um, we we both recently attended the the Red Pro Angle vs Saber show, which was you know great show. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so the the show's only just dropped on. Um, RPW On Demand, we, we were going to give Arn a bit of a chance to, to watch that. Arn's, of course, uh, currently in Newcastle watching the What Culture tapings, so... Yep, uh, he's, uh, he's promised scoops to be sent. Um, <laughs> so so far, all I've got is that the, the, the arena looks like a warehouse, because it is a warehouse, um, but they are dressing it up nicely, so, so there's that, there's that. Just so we can get them out of the way, uh, we will be going spoiler-free in case when this podcast drops you still haven't watched Angle vs. Sabre, um, as we'll be focusing on progress this episode. But uh, just quickly so we can get them out of the way, uh, what were your thoughts on the, the York Hall show? Uh, well, it was highlighted by tremendous reactions for the bigger stars. Obviously, Kurt Angle got a massive reaction in the main event, but Will Ospreay... Uh, returning home uh, to the UK after the Super Strong, not the super, uh, the Best of the Super Juniors tournament, um, to a huge reaction, a five-minute standing ovation uh, for the Best of the Super Junior winner. Obviously, yeah, like everyone in Britain is so proud of what he accomplished in that tournament and being recognised as one of the best in the world now, and uh, for him to wrestle in front of us, a massive pleasure. So that was. Definitely, the big takeaway from the show was just that reaction for Will Osprey. It it was amazing because Osprey for like the last few York Hall shows, he's always got a good reaction, but but nothing like that. That was that was something really special. There, it doesn't. I, I've since like flicked through it and I've watched that match back on the um, the VOD. Uh, it doesn't quite come across as well as you'd perhaps hope. Um, you can still tell it's a good reaction, but. Uh, it doesn't quite come off as special as it was in person, mm. which you you kind of always going to expect. Um, those things they are predominantly live things, but uh, there is a video um, 
up on YouTube that I think captures the reaction pretty well. Um, it's like a five minute long um, video. It's just the entrance of Osprey and just the crowd going nuts. And you, you really get a great taste for what it was like to be there. Um, by the time this podcast drops, I think my, my review of the show will probably be published. So um, I'll, I'll link the, the video in there. So even if you're not watching the whole show, um, it sounds weird to say, but I, I recommend watching the entrance if you're not watching the show, because <laughs> the entrance itself was, was probably the most special thing about the entire show. Uh, and that's saying something because Osprey um, Speedball was a great, great match. But before we, we spend too long on RevPro, um, because we're, we're, we're very closely removed from it, and we're, we were both gushing afterwards, and we could probably gush now, but uh, we want to give Arn a chance to gush too. Um, we're going to be talking the Strong Style Tournament. Uh, Super Strong Style 16 took place end of May? Right? Uh, 29th and the 30th of May. Uh, I have the uh, limited edition poster of the event uh, right next to me, or right above me. Here at my desk, that so with all the the heads. Yeah, with all the heads, and they're yeah, all looking variously angry. Poster. Or <laughs> lovely poster. Um, <laughs> don't know who designed that, but whoever did did a great job. Yeah, it's a great poster. Um, yeah, so that happened end of May. We start with uh, day one, I guess, <laughs> and yes. the, the first match: Mark Haskins versus Pete Dunne. Um, they got straight into it, like a really fast-paced matchup. Um, two guys who are kind of cruiserweight in style, but also very representative of strong style. Um, what did you think of this? I I enjoyed the match. Some people were really going crazy over it. I I wasn't quite that high, but um, they, I thought it was a very good taste of what these two could do together. But I did feel they were leaving something for a, a further match down the line um that they, they realized it they knew it was an opener um and they they treated it as such but mm. i thought it was a very good opener and a great way to open the tournament yeah very efficient match really good opener um obviously like a strong fan favorite in haskins versus a guy who's gotten really over as a heel now we've done yeah i think they wanted to start things off with a bang and not like with some of the lesser known guys they wanted to go straight out there with something that would be really good, but maybe not like be the best match on the show. So yeah, I got the feeling that Haskins was kind of leaving something for day two because you, I think we all thought he was going to have a pretty long run in the tournament. Mm. Um, that unfortunately never happened because while he did win this match, um, it, it was illness that kept him off day two, right? Yeah, apparently the story was he collapsed in the pub after the show. I believe, of, like, dehydration. Um, it, this seems like something that Haskins might, like, suffer from, because he always brings, like, a bottle of water with him to the ring, so I feel like maybe he needs to be more hydrated than other wrestlers, or maybe he just works, like, so hard, but, like, he runs himself ragged, almost. Sounds, sounds a little, like, low blood pressure, um, from, you know, I, I actually suffer from that myself, so, uh, if I'm not hydrated, I'm very yeah. liable to faint. So, but uh, perhaps from from the fact that they kept him off the second day, um, probably something a bit more serious. Because you know, if you from someone with low blood pressure, if you you, you faint, you're fine by the next day for the most part. Um, 
But it was a shame to see him drop off because this was. I thought this was a very good setup for what was going to be a good run for Haskins. Mm. He was almost certainly going to get to the final. At the time, I wasn't sure he was getting to the final because I thought maybe Whiplash would beat him. Um, yeah. Whiplash had the, the story with End going in, and that those two were, were meeting in the quarterfinals, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that was like a, a bit of a toss-up in my mind, but uh, I thought if he beat Whiplash, he was going to the finals. And the way things played out with Whiplash going out in the quarterfinals, even without Haskins being there... Um, yeah, Haskins was probably going to the finals. Some people have even um, suggested that he was probably beat again. I'm not so sure, but uh, I guess we'll kind of get to that um, in time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it disappointing that Haskins didn't. Um, that this was it for Haskins um, in the tournament, but uh, a good match. And I guess the positive is it, it leaves. It still leaves a lot of fresh matches on the table for him because um, he. With all the people that um, are probably going to be leaving, uh, sorry, the Ospreys, the Sabre Juniors, we're not expecting not to be around for too much longer, and now End as well. Um, now it's come out that he's on the verge of NXT. Um, Haskins is definitely a guy that they should be building around in the future. And um, if you you have to take a positive from him falling ill, which obviously isn't, a, isn't an immediately positive thing. The... The positive is that it hasn't burned any of his matches, I guess. Mm. Uh, moving on to the second match of the show, Mikey Whiplash versus Damon Moser. Um, <laughs> There's uh, a match I don't mind burning and never seeing again. Uh, yeah, this was the there. <laughs> the crowd was noticeably quieter for this match than um, the previous one. Um, I, I teased... Um, in the uh, chip shop after Angle Saber Jr. that I would be going on a mini rant against Damon Moses' music. Um, I was going to like time how long it takes for him to enter through the curtain from the time his music starts playing. I didn't never got around to that, but it is something like half a minute. He milks that entrance for all it's worth, and he's not a big enough star to do that. If you're The Undertaker, you can leave half a minute before you enter. If you're Damon Moser, you should probably just get on with it and get in the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it doesn't help. Um, I mean, if he was performing well, I wouldn't mind too much, but uh, he he really hasn't impressed in all his progress appearances so far, and it's it's getting dangerously close to him being shoved down people's throats because even the progress diehards don't seem that into it. Yeah, like, um, people keep trying to like do the whistle chant and like two people are doing it and it's just awkward and then no one else joins and then <laughs> it's because there's nothing to latch onto with him he has no gimmick he has no uh thing to get the crowd behind him he's just there like the progress diehard fans they will almost love anything that progress puts in front <laughs> of them um they're like progress has that inbuilt trust built with them that anything they're pushing they they um they they Progress has enough cachet with them that they will immediately react positively to it until it proves otherwise. Moser just hasn't done anything. He's He reached the final of the, the Natural Progression series without really having a single good match. Um, I think he probably had the Pastor's worst match in the tournament. Would you agree with that? 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, um, and that was the finals. That was probably the match most set up to succeed. Um, yeah, and and later in this show, he's kind of positioned in a another big angle. Um, I didn't which... mind that as much because at least he has history with the origin, and that sort of played into it a bit. Storyline-wise, it works, but it makes made me think, oh, they they really do see this guy as like an upper card player. Yeah, they're gonna keep he's keep really going not. with him. He really he needs he needs some more seasoning certainly, and it, go back to the drawing board on the character. For the most part, the people they brought up from Endeavor, I've been pretty behind. Yeah. Um, even if they're not, some of them maybe aren't quite to the level of the rest of the progress talent. They're they're at least. The the benefit of them being fresh um, compared to what you're seeing on the um, other shows around the UK, um, giving the Progress roster a bit of a fresh feel by using their own homegrown talents, that benefit is outweighing perhaps them being slightly worse than the alternative um, that you'd get from, say, you're plucking someone from the the upper card Midlands scene, mm, yeah. for example. Um, the um the counterpoint to this is he was just a jobber to make Mikey Mikey Whiplash look good in four minutes, and he wasn't meant to be taken seriously. He was just being fed to Whiplash, so Whiplash would look legit. Since he hasn't really had, he's only had one match in the last two years in progress, so he needed some something to make him look more intimidating. Um, put that way, I can't really disagree with it too much, but I just get the sense that, you know, he, he made the Natural Progression Series final, Yeah, he's been placed in the the, the biggest tournament, which is probably going to end up as their, um, well, this set of shows, probably their biggest, second biggest chapter of the year, I, I think that's probably going to be fair to say after the Brixton show later this year, um, maybe the anniversary show as well, um, would be up there, but uh, Super Strong Style Tournament has definitely had a lot of eyes on it, even more so than your regular Progress chapters, I think. Um, and I, I do get the feel that Moza is probably going to be used fairly heavily going forward. And yeah, he's, he's booked on the next show. Um, yeah. Like, he's yeah. feuding with the Origin. He, he just hasn't shown anything that shows he deserves this spot. Which is a shame because there's there's other Endeavor guys who have shown that. Um, mm. You know, I we'll, we'll get to it later, but I thought T.K. Cooper did a tremendous job here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, all, he's all... not a pure Endeavor guy, but uh... it's an, an annoying. T- we have another match before we can get to that segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we get to Zach Gibson versus Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams um, debuting on chapter shows for Progress. Um, and being immediately over with the crowd, uh, which wasn't very surprising, because uh, he has a really fantastic entrance. If if you've listened to a lot of this show, um, you you'll be aware that I'm <coughs> I'm not the ICW guy here. Yeah. Um, I don't watch a ton of ICW, and since Kenny is not exclusive to ICW, but he's predominantly working in ICW, I wasn't overly familiar with him. Um, but everything I have seen of him, uh, I've been impressed. One of the few ICW guys I have been impressed with, to be honest. Um, and he proved himself a good good selection from the ICW roster to be brought in for this. Um, 
I really enjoyed this match. I think this match was probably my third favorite match of the entire tournament. Um, oh wow! I that might I I think I might be on somewhat of an island for this, but I I really thought they worked really well together. Um, they they definitely worked well together. I wouldn't say this was even Zach Gibson's best match of a tournament though. Um, Gibson was really, really good here. Uh, just his pre-match promo and the way he marries his character through his in-ring work and like knows how to rile the crowd up and like milks the Scouse gimmick for all it's worth and it's worth a lot. <laughs> uh, he's become like one of the best bits of Progress shows now. He's he's been like an upper carder for quite a while, and I've already always really enjoyed him. But I really feel this tournament was where. Maybe the progress fans really took him seriously as like yeah. a really top guy. Um, before now, I just couldn't see him as like the progress champion, even though I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it. He, he just, I did, just didn't feel he was seen on that level by the, by the fan base in general. After this tournament, I think like he he's a, a candidate for. Well, we've got a heel champion at the moment, um, but let's say whoever beats Skirl, you assume it'll be a face, you could see Gibson very much being the guy to dethrone them. Um, mm -hmm. That's obviously looking probably a long way into the future, but he was really presented as a real threat to win this tournament here. He, yeah, he looked very domineering in all three of his matches, and that was partly because they put him with smaller guys in all three matches, and like it just... It enhanced his size more, and he knows how to really work well against those smaller guys and like bully them around and, as he says, drop them on the deck, uh, wrap their arm around their heads, lock in the Shankly gates. <laughs> and you will tap out to Liverpool's number one. Uh, I lo I loved the repetition throughout the weekend from Gibson, um, saying the same promo three times and then almost winning the match the same way three times. And then getting foiled by it, Mark Andrews, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I thought the the promo, it was such a simple promo every time. Yeah. And like you said, it was the same promo every time with very slight alterations to tailor it for his opponent. But it, it just made his, it just made him feel so much more important. <laughs> um, would you, would you be against? The, the the statement of saying that Zach Gibson's the best talker in progress at the moment. Um. Well, his stablemate Nathan Cruz gives him a run for his money. Um, Cruz is up there, definitely. But I I think Cruz is a good talker, but he doesn't it doesn't get the same vitriolic reaction. True. That, yeah. That um, Gibson does. Um. Obviously, you guys like Jimmy Havoc. But yeah, he's not around, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah. If he was there, he'd obviously be right up there. Currently so. active, I would say, yeah, Gibson is best on promos. Because, like, people people would perhaps jump to Skull, but I, I don't really see Skull as that good a talker, which is, is in some ways, even more of a credit to him, because he, he, he's he got his character so over without needing to talk that much. It, it It's all presence with him, I think. Yeah, like, like his, Gibson, his character's more about the look than... The talking. It's the look and the aura. While, yeah. while Gibson, like he did say in his promos, he's he's the he really is a complete player. Uh, not Masato Tanaka. <laughs> he's got player. he has gotten really good at everything he does. He and he doesn't attempt anything that 
like he knows he wouldn't be good at and he's mastered everything that he knows he is good at. So yeah, um, I think he's definitely someone who they can push to a main event level now. Um, Arm frequently, whenever we're talking about Gibson, I think he's probably the least high out of the three of us on him. He frequently brings up the point that he sometimes looks awkward when there's space between him and an opponent. Um, I really didn't see that at all in this tournament. I, I don't know if you feel the same way there, but I, I thought he, he always looked really natural. That is never something that's jumped out to me as much as it has to Arn, but um, here especially, I think maybe it's a, an area of his game he's worked on because it, I definitely didn't notice it at all. Here. Yeah, maybe before, maybe he has worked on working with smaller guys because um, obviously he leveled that criticism in his matches with uh, Flash Morgan Webster. Maybe he's ironed that out a bit more and knows how to work against smaller guys a lot better. Like, because he he's more used, he's actually more used to working as a face than a heel. Surprisingly, mm. it's only really in uh, progress where he is this just massive heel. So I well, feel like he, he's a Liverpoolian. Um, yeah, <laughs> working in Manchester and London, where <laughs> predominantly he had been working at least. Um, Around the northwest, um, be that Liverpool or surrounding areas of Merseyside. So I feel like now he's just he's gotten into that rhythm now where he's just so confident in his character and he knows what he's doing in progress so well. And I, yeah, I see him as a main eventer now. It really dawned on me um, on this show, I think, or this show the the following day. He's really, really big. Like I, I don't mm. think I'd, I'd fully. Um, I'd totally taken that in before, but he's like he's really tall and he's really thick and he's he's quite like his chest is deep as well. He's he's, he's kind of got a, a guy. almost a like a WWE build going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he he is not a, an indie geek at all. <laughs> no, um, and like Kenny Williams, I wouldn't say he's like a particularly small guy. He's kind no. of like your average indie guy, but yeah. um, Gibson like. Look like a giant next to him, <laughs> um, and I think that really helps for for his finisher, um, the the Shankly Gate, um, which how would you describe that? It's kind of like a it's an arm submission where uh, it's kind of like an arm lock it. from um, the uh, the accolade position, the camel yeah. clutch, yeah. Um, but what, as bad as we are at describing it, <laughs> Gibson's size, especially on a smaller opponent, really makes it look great. Um, and the way he he continues to find different and innovative ways to work over the arm throughout the match, uh, I think that's a real credit to him. Because um, it's it's his arm work, his limb work on the on the arm is never boring. He always he's always finding new ways to mix it up. And, you know, over the three matches he had in this tournament, you, you really saw such a wide array of him going after the arm. Um, but he, he is always laser-focused. And sometimes if you are laser-focused on a particular limb, it can get repetitive if you're the same every match. But I never feel that with Gibson. Yeah, I I think he's done a very good job of varying up his matches, and here when he needed to repeat things, he did he worked it in 
to a story. I, I, feel, I feel like we've really sung the praises of Zach Gibson here, and he has deserved it with his weekend performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I'll save that for later, because we've got two more yeah. Zach Gibson matches <laughs> to talk about. Okay. Um, we'll move on to the, the third... Uh, fourth. 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 Um, first round match, um, and that is TK Cooper versus Jack Gallagher. This was really short, but I thought it was really fun. A lot of fun. Uh, the South Pacific Power Couple have just—they—they've <laughs> almost like bombarded Progress with how good they are. Like, they've just come out of nowhere, and they're just amazing characters. I—I <laughs> I get a kick out of them every time. Like, they're just so good at portraying genuinely awful human beings. <laughs> <laughs> And they managed to, like, seamlessly work it into their matches, mm. where their matches don't feel like just just character matches, but they add to the character at the same time. Uh, it's it's really impressive for two people who are both relatively new to wrestling. TK's been wrestling a bit longer than Dali, I think, but um, neither of them are veterans, and um, they're, they're really nailing the character aspect within their matches while having quality matches at the same time. It's very impressive. I think they are very motivated because TK Cooper literally moved to England to wrestle for Progress. Like, he was a fan of Progress, and he was, like, getting Dahlia to buy him Progress shirts for, like, birthday presents or what have you. <laughs> and then he, they, he, they just decided to up sticks to London so that they can train in the Projo. And <laughs> that's just a, a, a genuinely impressive origin story. Um, and I'm glad they did, because they are very good at what they do. They they really are. Um, <laughs> going in, I haven't seen a huge amount of TK. Um, and I wasn't sure how he'd hold up in a singles environment. For the most part, I'd just seen him as kind of the, the valet for, yeah. for Dahlia. But uh, he really impressed here. Um it, it was a short match, but it was very good, and I'd, I'd be very much up for seeing more TK Cooper on uh, chapter shows in future. Um, would not be at all opposed for him mm. being featured in the not the same spot as Damon Rosa, because he wouldn't quite fit there character-wise, but um, him getting a similar level as Push um, and Moza not being and being relegated <laughs> back to Endeavor. Uh, maybe we're being a bit harsh there. Maybe he'll impress us <laughs> on the next chapter. But um, uh, Cooper's a really big guy as well, like deceptively big. He's he's de definitely tall, but um, yeah, he's kind of gangly. But yeah. I think that that's another thing that just works with his character. <laughs> I, I, I think if he was like some big brute, in or even to the extent Zach Gibson is, uh, his character mm. wouldn't quite work. But but um, he's got that pretty boy vibe going. For oh him. yeah, totally. It, it works. Like it works. wearing his keep it one hundred pajamas to the oh, ring. Oh, just that was ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so cringe, but in the way you want, like you mm. you could appreciate how well they're making you cringe on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um see one of the pictures that um was taken, um and it was. At the end of the match, when Dahlia Black is looking completely shocked that uh, Cooper's lost, 
and then Jim Smallman walks past and he's just pulling the stupidest gun I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We've barely even talked about Gallagher here, Um, but he he was a fun, like, because this was kind of a a TK Cooper match for the most part, Um, and I think it really did a good job in it as establishing him as someone who isn't just, like, um, Dahlia's boyfriend. it's it's so often in wrestling that it's positioned the other way around. Um, but TK, <laughs> up to this point, had been Dali's boyfriend on chapter shows, at least. And uh, it, as I said, he impressed here, but he was also established here. Um, mm-hmm. Gallagher did beat him in fairly short fashion, um, but but you got the impression that he wouldn't he wouldn't be out of place kayfabe wise with mixing it up with the mid-carders on chapter shows. Um, Definitely. Like, Gallagher, Gallagher was... was here to qualify for the next round, and yeah. this is more. <laughs> this match was more about, yeah, like, displaying who TK Cooper is, making sure that people knew he was a wrestler and not just um, a valet. And, but at the same time, Gallagher's so nifty. Oh, you yeah. Know? I think nifty <laughs> is the perfect way to describe what he does. He's, f- he's so fun and nifty, and while I may not as be... As high, I'm not as high on his high end matches as some people. Mm. Uh, if that I, makes sense, using high twice in a sentence. But um, these mid card or lower card matches that he has, they're 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 different. They're fun and he, he's he's positioned well in the hierarchy right now. He shouldn't be main eventing just yet, but like he's definitely a showcase wrestler, and that's why he's in the cruiserweight classic because he can get a few good matches in there without having to be, like, a genuine contender. I heard a few people, um, more before the the original lineup was announced, because, of course, Jack Gallagher was a replacement for Zack Sabre Jr., um, who had to go out with injury for this tournament. Um, But before um, the, the full lineup was announced, there were a lot of people predicting Gallagher to win. And I really don't think... He'd have been well suited for that. I I just don't see him as a. This isn't meant as a slight, and it'll probably sound like it, but I don't see him as a main eventer. Not because he lacks the skill, but because his style. I see him as a potential main eventer down the line. I feel like right now he's well positioned where he is, but it he has he he has a high ceiling. I think he'd have to change his style. Because his current style isn't well fitted to um, what I like to call an epic match. Um, I, yeah, I'd would say you agree with that? He's not well suited to, to an epic. Yeah, yeah, and that that was kind of a we'll we'll come to this on day two. But that was kind of a a problem I found with his um, his quarterfinal match with Gibson, where I thought that at the start they were kind of going for a more serious um, tone, and then. Um, some of the a few of the spots he did didn't quite fit that, but uh, here it worked. Here it very much worked. Uh, shall we move on to um the first half main event? And it was not only a super strong style uh first round match, but also an Atlas tournament match uh between Big Daddy Volta and Dave Mastiff. Um, and I, I enjoyed that they uh established the stipulations well rather than just being like, yeah, it's an Atlas tournament match as well. They were like, yeah, if this match goes over fifteen minutes, they'll get one point each, but we'll continue the match. Uh just it was good to know they don't 
really yeah, love because in WWE people. they you know they do things like not ringing bells to end a match and just not announcing results and just taking the audience for granted. <laughs> yeah, matches end. Um, <laughs> like someone runs in and the show kind of just finishes and you're like, uh, so is that like a count out, a DQ, or no contest? You, no, nothing really happened there. Um, but yeah, it, it was lovely attention to detail, and I really enjoyed this match. Walter mm. is just tremendous. And I, I, I really think I didn't appreciate that enough um, even six months ago, but um, the work he... That it started for me with the his 16 carat match against Zack Sabre Jr. and ever since then he's been working more regularly in the UK. He's really been impressing me um, because Mastiff is a guy I think that you kind of assume he's a good wrestler because <laughs> he kind of gives off that aura. But if I ask you to before this match, what was the last? Not even great. Dave Mastiff match. What was the last very good Dave Mastiff match? I think you'd probably struggle. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think I said that pretty early on when we were doing this podcast, but I can't really remember a great Dave Mastiff match. Um, but maybe he provided us one here. I I thought so. I thought it was yeah. a great horse fight. And credit to Walter for that, because well, Mastiff was good in this match, but when when you're having you know you can't think of a good a very good match of his in the last few years and we've we've both seen a lot of his matches in the last few years um you've got to give credit to the other guy i think and um walter in general another guy i was really impressed with this tournament uh, i thought you know to to add to my my uh my huge praise for gibson i thought walter definitely was with regards there. to walter like I I feel like he's actually only just entering his prime because you forget that he's only twenty eight. Like <laughs> he comes across as like I didn't even know he comes across age. like he's I, yeah he comes I across like he's in his mid thirties. I always thought that I until I cage matched him I didn't even realize he was only twenty eight. But I feel like he's actually only just hitting his stride now <laughs> and like putting on consistently really good matches. Because he actually started when he was seventeen. I, I like I I that was before I was into wrestling and especially European wrestling, so I don't have too many memories of like very young Walter. But uh, I have seen a few of his matches um, from over in Big Japan Pro Wrestling, um, and that was like 2011 ish. That's um, no, I've got it in front of me now on Cage Match 2011 to 2014. Um, so yeah, he started over in. Um, BJW when he was early twenties. Mm. He's got a bright future ahead of him because he, yeah, he really is hitting his stride this year. Um, I think he's one of the best monsters in wrestling. Um, Damo is getting a lot of credit at the moment, but I really think he could learn a lot from from Walter because he he Damo is very a very clean worker, a, a very precise worker, but he doesn't lay his strikes in the same way Walter does. He doesn't give off the same aura. He, he comes off too nice, while Walter mm. comes off like he could kill you <laughs> by accident. Um, he's like a huge bear. But he's also very rootable. He, like, he has, he has like a positive babyface aura around him. He, do, he doesn't come across like an evil monster. He comes across as like a, like a monster you want to support. <laughs> I, I think he can vary it. Like, 
yeah. when he wants to show that mean streak, he can really come off as unlikable. Um, but when he wants to be likable, he, you know, he's got a, <laughs> a lovely smile. Um, but uh, whatever side of the the face heel divide he's on, he he's always got that um, mm. badass vibe about him at the moment, and that's that's something that's harder to to pull off than than it than I think uh, a lot of us perhaps imagine. Um, but I think he, he really also has a cool theme, um, <laughs> which always works. <laughs> yes, love his theme. Love his thing. Drive by track. Uh, I appreciated the pace that this match was worked at as well. Like, you'd think like a big man match, it would be a bit slow and plodding. Like, these guys just really went for it. And like, they comboed their moves together, which I was impressed by. Like, they followed slams up with sentons and like, went straight for stuff instead of stalling around or like, like crowd brawling or whatever, they it was a like a really high work rate match. We said we wouldn't talk too much about Angle versus Saber Junior, but it's too <laughs> yeah, easy a comparison yeah. to to pass up. Um, Walter, we we just saw him this weekend um, against Big Demo, and I thought this match was exactly what the Demo match should have been, but wasn't. Oh yeah, that's a, a fair enough comparison because that match I did feel was plodding at times. Or oh, they just didn't mesh in there. I thought I thought there was too many covers in the angle versus uh say but it's, it's weird <laughs> to have a match title as a, <laughs> a show title. Um, I, I I thought the demo match had too many covers and it kind of broke up the the flow of the match and they never really built up any momentum. While here they really kept the pace yeah, high yeah. um against Mastiff and. I, I don't recall how many covers there were, but the fact that I do recall it in the RPW match is kind of a, a slight, because that's the only only a sort of thing you you're gonna notice if it's if it's bad. Um, and yeah, the they they kept the pace high, they kept the energy high, and it was just a great example of a hoss fight. Oh uh, yeah, big feel good moment as well for Volta getting his first progress win. Um, having lost a couple of times to Rampage Brown, and uh, he's lost to T-Bone in the Atlas tournament before, so finally he gets over the line and has some momentum going forward in the Atlas tournament. And I, I, I thought Dave Mastiff would win this block, but now I'm thinking maybe Volta wins it. I hope Volta wins it because, like I said, I think he's, um, he's the best big man in Europe at least. Uh, maybe. Maybe all the West. I mean, you've got guys like Luke Harper who are challenging that. Um, Brian Cage, maybe as well. Um, but uh, Walter's definitely up there. Um, he, he, I think. Do you uh, do you watch Big Japan? Um, I watch it when a match is like highly recommended. Usually, a Sakamoto or Kobayashi. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of Shuji Ishikawa. Oh yeah, yeah. Like. It, and that's that's damn high praise from me because he's definitely one of my favourites. Definitely, definitely a fan. Uh, did you think Mastiff was winning here? Because I I kind of assumed he would, for whatever reason. I, th I think when I filled out my bracket, I said Volta, but I this was the match I was most on the fence on. I thought it could have gone either way. Like all the other matches, yeah, I, I was pretty certain that the winner, the eventual winner, would win. But this was like. I guess that's why the Volta win was even better, because it was like, oh, I really don't know who's going to win this one, so... <laughs> I wanted Volta to win, um, but I thought Mastiff would probably take it because it was an Atlas tournament match, and I've got it in my head that 
Um, Mastiff is winning at least his block. Um, and and a loss here. I think it, it it's not putting Mastiff out of contention, but it's going to make things tricky. Well, with, with like the tag team matches that they're doing, it's difficult to yeah, predict that, that's how they're the doing. Because if it was just a straight G one, he, I think it would take T Bone losing to uh, Eastern Reese um, for Mastiff well, to have a T Bone already beat Eastern Reese, so <laughs> ah yes, um, so what would it take? I think Mastiff would have would to beat T Bone. Walter, Walter beating uh, Walter losing to Reese. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. To qualify. Because he'd have the tiebreaker and he'd be able to get to four, and Mastiff couldn't get to six because he'd already lost to Walter. But yeah, with yeah, the tag yeah, match, you know, it throws it all into. <laughs> um, but yes, the tag match throws everything off and gives. Because I think the tag match in general is a good idea. Makes it a lot less predictable, yeah. The, Especially when you've got Reese in there, who I think we all assume is going 0 3, because um, he's like the Endeavour guy out of the seven, uh, out of the eight, the, the other seven are all chapter guys. The the tag match gives you a bit more flexibility because when you're having three matches in a block, it it you either have to have one guy go win all his matches, um, which they probably will do in at least one of the blocks, um, or um, you have a lot of ties on guys with two wins, um, and then you go to tiebreakers, which is fine but not ideal. Um, I, I think, anyway. Um, so yeah, that that tag the tag match does give you more flexibility. Um, but that's Atlas tournament, and we have a lot more of the super strong style <laughs> yeah, tournament. Yeah, the Look second that, half anyway. kicking off with Chris Hero versus Mark Andrews, and this was my favorite match of the weekend, and it's currently in my top five on the year. So I it I aided by the fact I was there live. Uh, certainly helps that. Always helps. But yeah, r fantastic match here, and uh, the crowd's reaction to it, and the way that they really got behind Mark Andrews towards the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> tremendous stuff. I would agree that it was the best match of the weekend. I don't think it was the best worked match of the weekend, but it, the the crowd reaction was really superb for this one. And I think it elevated it slightly above what would be my number two, which we'll we'll get to when we're talking about day two. Um, but I wasn't as high on it as not only you but a lot of people. Um, if we're we're throwing out stars, I I am fairly well known at this point as a, a grumpy star rater when it gets um, when you're getting towards the fours. Uh, I went three and three quarters here, um, and I do seem to be somewhat on the low end there. Uh, I thought it was very good, but at the same time, it did feel like a lot of Chris Hero's matches this year. Um, perhaps that says more about Chris Hero's year this so far, um, because Chris Hero has had a phenomenal year wherever he's gone so far. But um, it didn't stand out for me um, among Chris Hero's many very good matches. Uh, for me, it stood out um, because the way it was very logically built. Like, they used the size difference between them really, really well. Like, they established Andrews was no, nowhere near as strong as Hero. Like, he couldn't physically knock him down. Um, so Hero bullies him, and Andrews just has to survive and look for openings. I feel like they conveyed that really, really well. 
And when Andrew's Andrew's only hit like one lifting slam type move all match, and it was like right at the end, and it was for a big near fall. And like the crowd went ballistic for that because they had established that Andrews couldn't do it, and then he gets he finally gets it, and then still can't win the match. Like the struggle was very well conveyed, and that's when wrestling matches are at their best is when it feels like a struggle. Where do you have this star one? Um, I went four and a half. Right. I right. think, and as we've established, you don't do quarters. Uh, um... Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> at, so, at certain points um, in this tournament, I was considering going for quarters, but I'm sticking it's... to my guns. <sighs> Come to the dark side. <laughs> it's easier. Because then I just feel like I'm going to be giving ah, eight it's, it's so... and sixteen. Nah, and... you just stop at quarters. <laughs> you stop at the standard. <laughs> Everyone does quarters. Um, no one does. Well, it's just like giving hours. a nine. I've already said this before. It's like giving it a nine out of ten rather than like a nah, eight point five out of ten. Nah, you got you got to stick to the the universal standard. Um, but I I, I think I'd give it a four and a half anyway, even if I was giving quarters. Right, stars, right. So. Um, but as I said, um, I I probably sound way more negative on it than I was. It was my favorite match of the whole tournament. I thought the crowd was amazing for it. Hero was his ever great sell. Andrews played a good foil for Hero, I think. Uh, this was definitely a Hero match more than an Andrews yeah. match. Well, well, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Hero definitely directed traffic in this one. And, like, um, I think Alan, uh, Alan Forel, who was standing behind me for this match, like, leaned over and said, like, uh, Hero is, like, the best in the world at... Uh, getting the crowd to root against him or root for the person he's wrestling against and that definitely happened in this match like the crowd was pretty split at the start of the match it was 100% behind Mark Andrews by the end of it because like both guys did such a good job of um conveying that story yeah he's he's so good at being a bully without being like a clear heel he he doesn't rely on heel tropes like so many yeah. people do he, he's like food. Um, sort of a happy heel, or like he sort of plays <laughs> games. Instead of making him feel like a bad guy, he makes his opponent feel yeah. sympathetic. Um, which which is something I prefer, honestly, because it, it, wrestling when it when it's so like two dimensional, you're a, you're a face or you're a heel. He he manages to to be a good guy who makes you root for other people because he's too good. He's too good <laughs> at wrestling. And you you feel sorry for the other guy for having to go up against him. And, you know, he, he hits you with so many... Well, not you, hopefully. <laughs> but, uh, he hits his opponent with so many strikes um, that you, you can't help but root for them. Um, and at the same time, he can, you know... Um, Again, we said we wouldn't talk too much about the RPW match. I've I've gone against uh, that several times already. But um, this weekend against Bodum, he wrestled very similarly with a few tiny tweaks, and he's a huge face, <laughs> and he, he's hugely rootable for, and it he's so he, Chris Hero. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Chris Hero is really really good at wrestling. <laughs> He's he's just amazing, and he proved it over the, this weekend. Would you say he's the best wrestler progress have ever had in working for them? Um, 
I think, well, they've had Samoa Joe. Yeah. And I think Prime Joe is at least a challenge for Prime Hero, but they didn't have Joe during his prime. While they did have, they they have had, and they are currently having, a Hero during his prime. I, I say prime, he's still, you know, it's not like he's ancient. He's, he's no <laughs> angle at this point. Um, he could still get better as uh, as crazy good as he is currently. Um, potentially, I mean, Osprey, I love a lot, but and I think Osprey has had matches that challenge hero matches and has had like portfolios of matches, if that makes sense, mm. in years that have challenged hero. But I I, I wouldn't say. While while Osprey may be my favorite wrestler, um, I I do think Hero's a better wrestler than him. He's more well. Yeah, I I would say. I think he can have a a better match against a better variety of opponents. Osprey right now is the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion. But Hero is a better wrestler right now, just because he has that bigger portfolio of work and. Uh, I think saying Osprey is. Um, a better wrestler than Hero at this stage in his career um, would be demeaning to both guys, because I think Osprey can get better. <laughs> I would have no argument with people saying that Osprey's having the best matches in the world at the yeah. moment. Uh, like, he's the guy having the best matches, but it's a weird distinction, but I don't I don't think you can... Well, I guess you can say it, but uh, I, I I wouldn't agree that he's the best wrestler in the world, and that's with him being my favourite. It, it's this weird distinction between favourite, best, and best matches. Um, but um, I, I think if we all, most of us can probably, without having an accurate, being able to accurately describe the difference between them, we can kind of get the difference between them. Um, not everyone's favourite matches, uh, favourite wrestler is who who they think is the best wrestler, and and whoever someone thinks is having the best re- matches in the world, a lot of that relies on opportunity, I guess. Um, and Osprey is in a a position where he's having a lot of great opportunities. Uh, not that he doesn't deserve them at all, um, but uh, he's been set up to succeed and he's succeeding. Where some of the wrestlers are maybe being set up less to succeed. And still succeeding. Um, it's 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 a it could that that could be a whole podcast. In <laughs> but um, you, to to answer your original question, is Hero the best wrestler progresses have ever booked? I think he's the the best wrestler at the point progress <laughs> booking yeah. to have. Um, because you know, Prime Joe is up there with anyone ever, but um, the the Joe that Progress got wasn't Prime Joe, mm. um, wasn't even current Joe. Uh, it TNA was, Joe. <laughs> um, it was slightly more invigorated, but still working for TNA. Joe. <laughs> he, he seemed happy to be away from TNA um, for that one shot, but uh, it it was still TNA Joe. Um, so yeah, Chris Hero, very good wrestler. Mark Andrews had a very good match with him. Um, I still don't see him as a great wrestler, um, but it this match was definitely a start, at least. And um, me saying I don't see him as a great wrestler probably comes across more harsh than I mean it. I think he's a good wrestler, and that there's 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 nothing wrong with being a good wrestler. 
Um, we've talked about that match a lot. Um, so unless there's anything else you want to um, add. No, we can uh, move on to the next match. Uh, Matt Cross versus Sammy Callahan putting two imports up against each other. Uh, pretty interesting move. Um, especially the match positioning. Putting this match after like the emotionally exhausting Hero Andrews match seemed like a bit of a mistake. Um, that that brings up an interesting point, which I probably should have brought up at the beginning because it's more of an overarching point. But um, overarching, overarching, whatever. Um, do you think the draw was a shoot? No. <laughs> because it definitely wasn't. <laughs> really? It can't have been really? because look at the way the card played out. It's like all faces versus all heels. Like, it sort of gets progressively, like, bigger star power as it goes up. Uh, well... I, it, it, lo it looks like it's a shoot. They did a very good job of presenting it, but, like, they probably knew where they were putting the shot glasses. I'm not so sure. Because I really don't think they would have purposely had Whiplash... Um be going out so early um and the i don't think they'd have had Matt Cross against Sammy Callahan in the first round this is this was the only weird um like unexpected match but like if you did it as a shoot you would have ended up with stuff like Pete Dunne versus Dave Mastiff or like Damon Moser versus TK Cooper and those matches just wouldn't have been interesting i think the way it the way it was booked and it was booked <laughs> like it it just makes too much sense, even if it does throw up a weird import versus import match. And even then, that's just... They didn't want their guys losing to imports, I think. You're such a cynic. <laughs> such a cynic. I, I did enjoy um, the video. The, it was a good video. The the other thing that, that made me think this was kind of like the, the interesting card positioning um, of a lot of the matches. Um, in the... They 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 exactly followed the order of the draw. Mm. They like the first match that they drew up was the first match on the card. Now that I think about it, I'm not actually sure if that's like for or against it being real. <laughs> but I, I just thought it was an interesting. Point. I I just um, think everything, everything the way the card is laid out makes too much sense for, for it to possibly be a shoot. Because like I say, face versus heels in all of the first five matches, like. Is that <laughs> that just seems far too lucky if it's a shoot? Is Moser a face? I guess yeah. he is. Um. Um. Andrews, Matt Cross, Sammy Callahan. Yeah, yeah. When you do say face, the when you do look at the face heel dynamics, it does play it play out rather neatly. Um. I'll give you that, definitely. <laughs> um, but that if it was real, then you know, well done to them uh, in a way for for having the balls to to do it, do a real tournament in a scripted and then uh, a, a scripted sport, and then deal with the consequences. And if it wasn't real, props for them for doing it so well. It at least put doubt in my mind, and you know we're we're both uh, hardened wrestling <laughs> fans. We we assume everything's a work shoot. Um, well, you clearly assume everything is, but um, 
the at the very least I was unsure and either way that does its job. Yeah. Um so so yeah, getting back to the match. I thought it was good stuff, but disposable. Um that that again, I've I've said this like four or five times in this podcast already. That probably sounds more harsh than I mean it. But uh, it was enjoyable in the moment, but after I'd watched the two days, this wasn't a match that stuck out at all. It's not particularly memorable, apart from that I remember while watching it, enjoying it. Matt Cross did a couple of cool dives. Sammy Callahan kicked him in the face a couple of times. And I thought it did a good job of establishing Callahan heel. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that assessment. It was good, but disposable. Like... They each hit their spots. It was fun. Um, but yeah. <laughs> a good come down from the Andrews Hero. Yes, that's actually. true. It's um, true. You you can't... It would have perhaps been, been difficult to, to follow up that Andrews Hero match with a really meaningful match. So they, they kind of went towards the spot fest direction. Maybe... Probably not completely spot fest. That would probably do the match a disservice to say it was was a spot fest, but it was a spotty match at least, and mm. um, it it was a good good reset for the crowd. It is a bit odd that they flew Matt Cross in for a very disposable run in the tournament. Like... See, see, might have been real, might have been real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like they've worked me. He's, um. He's not even the biggest star to begin with. Obviously, I, I I really like Son of Havoc. He's one of the best bits of Lucha Underground. I like Matt Cross. Mm-hmm. He uh, like I appreciate like how hard he's worked and like how good a por- portfolio of a career that he's created. But like, it, it doesn't seem to follow with uh, policy on imports. To, like only have them in meaningful matches when he's just going out in the first round and then being in a multi-man on night two and then probably never coming back again <laughs> yeah it he kind of felt like the odd import out like he, here. Uh, he, um, you could have put someone else in this from the projo in this spot and it probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference say paul robinson maybe, maybe that the, the problem there is you wouldn't establish um well you'd have a hard time establishing callahan as the yeah yeah robinson. um but um like, I don't. This, this. <laughs> I'm saying it again. This probably sounds harsh, but I don't think there was any need to bring in Cross for the spots he was in, even though I think he did a good job. Oh in yeah, the yeah. Small spots. I mean, he was the best man for the job, just the most expensive man for the job as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Like. Uh. Let's say Ryan Smile, for example. Um. Ryan Smile could have done a perfect job here. Um. The the argument there is, um, if you have plans for Ryan Smile in the long run, maybe you don't yeah. want him to, to job out here um, in kind of like a, maybe not a meaningless match, but um, if you have big plans for him in the future to introduce him, if you an import's better to just throw in, take a loss, and then not show up for a while. Um, but, but yeah, good match. Um, but not something you need to actively seek out, I don't think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so moving on to the final first round match. Uh, oh, okay. Actually, we should. Uh, we we've said a couple of times um, Callahan was established well as a heel here. We haven't really uh, said yeah, how yeah. he was established. Uh, he 
Um, he, he low blowed him. Right from his entrance <laughs> music, like I thought it was an interesting choice um, at first, and then I realised what he was going for. Um, I don't actually know the name of the song. Was it Eminem? Um, I'm showing my my lack of rap knowledge here. I think it was an Eminem song, um, but the the one lyric um, that was repeated over and over was America, America, or American, American, or something. Um, and when you're when you're in the UK, that doesn't always endear yourself too well. Um, uh, doing the patriotic American gimmick only works for Kurt Angle in the UK. <laughs> um, and of course, just cheating to win, and yeah. Yes. And then he followed up with that, and then he went back to, and obviously winning his entrance music hit again, and it, and it kind of all clicked into place at that point. And, oh, Callahan's the. <laughs> <laughs> and then that worked ideally for his next match, um, because that's exactly what you wanted him when going up against uh, the winner of the next match. Segway. <laughs> Tommy N versus Rampage Brown. Tommy N picking up his first victory in the tournament. What did you think of this one? Because uh, we had uh, like a talk at the Rev Pro show about like Tommy End as a singles guy and maybe not being as impressive as he is in the Sumerian Death Squad tag team. Or just any tag team, like Hero yeah, and Die or whatever. You're a trash. Uh, he has, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a lot of tag team partners. <laughs> um, I have kind of been, at least on the Voice of Wrestling forums, it's been brought up that I am the guy who who shits on Tommy End's uh, singles matches. Uh, I, I think that's... Um, it is a point I've repeatedly brought up that I think he's not immeasurably better at tag matches, um, but significantly better at tag matches. And I would actually agree with that. Um, I, kind, I kind of back you on the... Uh... On, on that point of view, actually. This tournament especially, I think, would have won a lot of people over to my cause, um, in a way. Yeah, his offense is... I think the best way to describe it is very hot-taggy. It's, um, it's very very well-suited for flurries, but not particularly well-suited. It's very flashy in the moment. Like, his knee strikes, his kicks will make your jaw hit the floor. They get big pops. But they don't translate to really good matches in the long term like he's he is a sprint wrestler he i don't think you can like all his offense is like big offense. yeah he doesn't have small offense no. which is kind of what you need to be able to to work a longer match and this is, this is why i sort match. of have started comparing him to roman reigns a bit not just because of his like push where he's kicking out of finishes, he kicked out of Rampage Brown's pile driver here, which commentators said was the first time that had ever happened in progress. But also just like he gets beaten up for a lot of a match because he doesn't really have an ability to like control a match because he's usually the guy on the apron and getting the hot tag. The comparisons to Roman Reigns are Quite a few, actually. <laughs> He's a much better yeah. wrestler than Roman Reigns, I think, though. Uh, <laughs> I, I generally prefer Reigns as a singles wrestler, especially in recent months. Reign, um, Reigns has had a better, more high-end singles matches than Tommy End, and I feel like almost dirty saying that, but yeah. <laughs> um, Reign, Reigns is a good wrestler. Um, he was He was pushed wrongly and kept to the wrong match type. Well, it was a match type that suited him, um, suited his strengths, but didn't suit his build. Um, 
selling all match when you're being built as a powerhouse is an odd choice. Um, but it's what he did <laughs> for two years as a singles wrestler. Um, but he he's Reigns is very good at selling underneath. The problem is it only really works when he's in there against someone who looks like it physic he gets yeah. physically dominated. He's, he's good at the smart tears matches. <laughs> <laughs> um well and I don't think his a, a particular strength is his is being underneath. Um but his offense kind of means he has to be. Mm. Like, um, in this match especially, he the entire first half of the match was him just getting destroyed by Brown. Brown hits his finisher on him, and then he kicks out, and then he's kind of back up a minute later, and he's the one leading the match and uh, hitting Brown with the big shots. And it just the match didn't seem to have any flow. It was just like half Brown, and then half End, and then End wins. See, I... I think I'm actually, as the, the guy who doesn't like Tommy <laughs> singles matches, I think I might actually be more high, high on this match than okay. you. Because I thought, because this was a sprint of a match. I'm, I don't have a time in front of me for how long it went, but um, it, it, I think it was a fairly short match. It felt short. It felt like a sprint. And being a flurry wrestler, a hot tag wrestler, um, a sprint is kind of like an extended hot tag. Um, so I think it... It played well to end strengths, I thought, this match. I didn't think it was any sort of world-beating match, but yeah. I enjoyed it. It made end look good, certainly. Like, kicking out of a finisher. And, like, his offense, in it, in the moment, is some of the best in the world, I think. He has excellent strikes. Something we, we've actually discussed. Um, his finisher doesn't stand out from the rest of his strikes which is somewhat problematic. If you're going to have a strike as a finish and then do similar strikes in the rest of the match, that one big strike needs to stand out. Mm, his top rope. Hero does an excellent job of that. Yeah. He's got like the ripcord, the death by elbow, um, that all, all, you know, he's got several names, some of which I forget. Yeah, when Chris Hero um, hits one of his finisher strikes, you know that that's a finisher strike, whereas Tommy ends... Uh, roundhouse kick that he's started using, it doesn't feel more more impactful. Sometimes it feels less impactful than some of his mid-match strikes. And yeah, I feel like he should go back to the top rope uh, leg stomps, um, the Finn Balor finisher, because the death stomp. Yeah, um, great name. Because it just it feels climactic. It stands out. Yeah, like you see it, and that's that's the end. No pun intended. Yeah. A finisher needs needs to stand out, and yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed this match. I was like three and a half stars. Okay. So you know, good stuff, good stuff. I thought it played well to end strengths. Thought it played fairly well to Rampage's strengths too. And my biggest complaint about End um, in his current progress thing is that I don't. Uh, yeah, the thing about End's push that I've been most wary of is that I really don't think he's well suited to the long singles match, um, because as we've said, he works best in flurries, um, best in sprints, and obviously the opposite of a sprint is a long singles match. Um, well, um, you're in luck because in his four matches in this tournament, he I think they only lasted for about 31 minutes. If my maths is correct, 
looking at the times on the Wikipedia page for Progress Wrestling. Uh, it's 7.29 in this match, 6.31 in the Sammy Callahan match, 12.36 for Chris Hero, and then 6.20 in the final against Mark Andrews. So he did not have a very long tournament, despite being in four How matches. How long did you say the Chris Hero match was? 12.36. Man, it felt wrong. Right <laughs> <now. laughs> I was... Well, again, we'll get to that, but I was I was not a fan of uh, that hero match. I thought it dragged badly, um, and hearing that it only went twelve minutes, that's that's worrying um, for end because uh, I I think that's a, a a really big indicator that if if you want to put him in a twenty minute main event, it's not going to work too well um, in singles anyway, uh, which. All goes back to my my prior made point. Why did you break up the death squad? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, good match this one. Uh, right man advanced. Brown Brown's good, but um, end is has been presented higher up, and um, uh, is the is the man of now. Um, if that makes sense. Where were you star-wise for this? Because it, it sounded like um, you weren't I went high. two and a half for this one. Oh, really? Really? I was um, very mad on it. Partly because it's, it's at the end of a very long show, and, like, uh, <laughs> I was just kind of kind of um, out of well, saving myself of a main event, which I knew would be a bit of a crazy match, and I wanted to, like, save myself a bit for that. So I was just... I enjoyed the intensity. I enjoyed the intensity they brought here. That's, that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, move on to the main event now, which was for the Progress Tag Team Championships between The Origin of Nathan Cruz and El Ligero and the London Riots, and this felt like a climactic match to the crazy car crash matches that these two teams have been having for like the last, almost the whole year that they've been having in various combinations with the Sumerian Death Squad and with the other members of The Origin. And that they've never met two on two, and so this was finally the riot's chance at the titles after a long time of throwing each other into chairs and jumping off the stage and generally being crazy and being in weird overbooked matches, which were very fun nonetheless. <laughs> and strange overbooked match is what we got here, and this was almost like the ultimate version of these matches that they've been having for a while, like. A lot of run-ins, a lot of crazy stuff, ref bumps, ref attack, refs attacking um, uh, the origin, and <laughs> one of the biggest false finishes you'll ever see, which was just ridiculous live, like <laughs> people jumping up and down and going crazy, and uh, John Briley accidentally playing, like playing the ring bell and the riots music, thinking that they'd won, even though Cruz had kicked out. Just <laughs> a really crazy palette cleanser type match, I would say. After all the really intense singles matches we'd seen before, this was like something to end the show on in like a crazy way. Do you think that that like near fall and all that came with it was in like planned? I don't or... think so. <laughs> I I get that feel as well because like, like I saw them like with everything else that happened. It would almost fit in. Yeah, I, I, it definitely fit into the match, and it almost enhanced it in a really strange way. 
But like I, you could see the guys like talking how to finish the match from there, because like either that was the planned finish or it wasn't, and someone thought it was, and so they all had like a bit of a discussion <laughs> of how to end the match, and then they eventually got there with Legero getting the super. I can't remember what it's called. It's not the district line. It's something else, something other London pun name finisher, like a launched spear from the top rope. Uh, for the rights to win the titles. The big spear thing. Yeah. The... <laughs> um, I, this is going to sound semi-hypocritical. I wasn't in love with this match, but I thought it was a very good main event. Um, in that it, it was very climactic. Um, I thought the work was good, but the, the style of match isn't for me. And it's, it's not in general going to be probably for the p- type of people the nerdy wrestling fans yeah. who who listen to this show. Um, if you're looking for for a clean main event, um, <laughs> go go watch All Japan because this was the opposite. <laughs> this was the opposite of a clean main event. This was as dirty as you can get um, in a non-sexual way. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, imagine someone um, complaining about the Los Ingobernables finishes watching this match. It would, it would blow their mind. Yeah, they're. As you said, that when a, when a referee is taking out wrestlers, that that's when I kind of check out. Um, but but they had one spot that was tailor made for me. They had a legal man. Spot. <laughs> yeah, Chris Roberts sorting like, them out. That has become my pet peeve. Yeah, he he got he sorted them out and then got uh, attacked for his troubles. Yeah, yeah. Which why was that not? Uh, no, I think they, the commentary actually established this. Sort, they sort of addressed it by saying that the referees had almost banded together against the Origin and were fed up yeah, of their shit. Yeah, they, they, that, that's and fair. they that's were fair. refusing to disqualify them because they didn't want them to lose. Like they don't cheaply. want to help them for attacking. Yeah, them. yeah. I, I, I can, I can, I can deal with that. That's that's fine. Um, and I thought the the actual title win for the riots was a great moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, because. The Riots are a great team. Um, I think they're, in general, maybe not by the Progress fans, but like by by British wrestling in general. As a team, I think they're they're underrated for their wrestling skills. Um, I think you know they're they're not technical wrestlers, but they're they're two wrestlers who are going to consistently put on very good matches, uh, and that's perhaps overlooked somewhat. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they're, they're going to do with the tag titles. Because as much as I enjoy the Origin um, as an act, um, I think the London Riots, in a similar way to the Sumerian Death Squad, there's so much many more possibilities for teams that they can bring, it, bring in to, to take on that, that are exciting matches. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It would be less bogged down in silliness. I, I mean... The silliness, I think, is what made the Origin matches, and I've I've actually really enjoyed it. But it almost like when the Sumerian Death Squad won the tag titles, it was like, okay, now it's time to get serious and um get some really good matches going here. Um, we did for a little bit, and then back to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, felt this was the right time to to end the the Origins reign. Oh yeah, it felt that? very climactic, like you said. Yes. Yes. It felt um, like the right time, and with like the crowd going, uh, Origins terrified of riots on fire, 
Yeah, <laughs> it, it it made a lot of sense. It just worked. Yeah, it, it was worked. it. Worked, and it worked very much as a main event. I think I'd have enjoyed this match less if it was anywhere else on the card. Um, yeah, which in some ways sounds weird because I'm often the one arguing for clean main events. Do what you want on the lower card, but I, I think the events, strong but... style, the way that it's laid out, like they can afford yeah. to have these crazy day one main events, and you coming yeah. straight back yeah. into day two, and it's like it didn't matter, but it was a lot of crazy bullshit. <laughs> like you can reset, especially if, after you've got such a clean undercard. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good palate cleanser, like I said. Um, the riots after after the. Uh, after they won the titles, got on the mic and uh, talked a bit about um, the tag scene going forward, and they they dropped a lot of hints. Um, yeah. I think Evolve was mentioned, Honor, so presumably Ring of Honor was mentioned. Um, the King of Sports. Uh, King of Sports, New Japan was mentioned. Uh, I feel like there was more, but that I'm forgetting. I think that's all I remembered. That he said the word next at some point. <laughs> um, that, that's, you know, next is very similar to NXT. Yeah. And Progress does have that affiliation. Um, the, a, lot, a lot was teased. And while I'm... I feel like at least a fair amount of that was just, you know, to get people, you know, just to drop teasers without any real plan yeah. going forward. I feel that it, it's more of a, like, a them saying... Now that the riots have the belt, and the riots are kind of like the team of progress, they've been there since the beginning, and they're kind of like they're they're a team that are gonna be about match quality more so than the origin at least Definitely. um that we're gonna see teams brought in and a bit a bigger focus on the tag t- tag scene and and maybe tag tag more tag matches as main events of chapters as well. I mean, we said this about the Sumerian Death Squad, and that never happened. So <laughs> we did, we did, but uh, they didn't have that this big promo. Yeah, so that's true. They're, they're, they're that said, the the two that. matches that the Sumerian Death Squad did get against the Americans yeah, and yeah. the Hunter Brothers, fantastic. I feel like we're gonna get more of that sort of <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. going forward. I, at least I hope we do, anyway. Because um, yes, I did enjoy the origin, but please don't make them three-time champions. They're, they're, <laughs> that story's done. That story's yeah. done. Yeah, well, they're all tied um, up in Damon Moser now, so <laughs> uh, that's that's unfortunate for them. But uh, yeah, uh, just as a, a quick thing to close out night one, um, what have you got? Any dream matches for the riots um, for potential defenses? Um, <laughs> I've put you on the spot um, here. Well, I mean, they could always go for um, Shampa and Gargano. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're two guys who are booked coming up. Um, that would be an interesting match. I, because they named Drop Ring of Honor. Um, I think War Machine or the Briscoes both would be very interesting. Briscoes would be very good. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if they would be available, good. but <laughs> I mean they pretty much. Well, I say they only work Ring of Honor. That would have been true until recently, and uh, now they're booked for Dominion. Um, that is right. Yep. Isn't it? Against yeah. uh, I... <laughs> Tangaloa, baby. <laughs> I, I wasn't making that up because I am 
very, very far behind. Um, as you know. Just stop also, before you get to Tangaloa. <laughs> <laughs> I just stop watching, stop watching wrestling altogether um, <laughs> when I get to Tangaloa. He's gonna be in the G one. Poor guy. Poor, poor guy. As in all of us. That, that's not a guy. But uh, okay. Um, uh, I had a point there. Oh, um, also, it's gonna, like almost a default. Um, Default answer when we're we're talking tag matches we'd like to see against people, but Young Bucks would be fun. Definitely, I, I really want to see the Young Bucks in progress. They would be amazing. Like the riots, just like throwing the Young Bucks around and then getting taking fifty super kicks and refusing to go down. <laughs> and, you know, slowly being worked down to their knees after like ten super kicks, and then another ten finally gets them on their back. And then they still kick out at one or something. Man, um, yes, that probably does sound completely upset, excessive. <laughs> but uh, to a lesser degree, that sounds a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of potential with with the 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 companies they named for for teams to to bring in. Um, there, there's a lot to like about the the the, the not the origin. Um, there is a lot to like about the origin, but there's a lot to like uh, in the riots now being tag champions. Definitely. And with that, we will move on to the second night because we are getting we're we're running fairly long already. Um, although we have got a lot of our thoughts for people's tournaments out of the way. Yeah, yeah. We may be yeah, able to day two should be quicker. Somewhat. Yeah. So as mentioned, Mark Haskins was out um, due to illness, um, so. There was a ten-way match. Yeah, ten-way. Yep, ten. Uh, the the ten losers from the first night, along with the well, the <laughs> the eight losers from the first round matches, as well as the the former tag champions at this point, Ligero and Cruz, who also lost the night one, um, but not in the tournament because they weren't in the tournament. They're defending the title, as we were just talking about. Um, yes. That, that was a really bad way to explain it. But yes, ten guys who lost on the first night were all put into a big scramble match. It was fine for what it was. With ten guys in a match, you're going to get a lot of people waiting on the eight, uh, waiting, you know, standing on the floor, leaning on the apron, waiting for their spot to get in. Um, that's kind of a given with ten people. Uh, that put a ceiling on it, but for what it was, it was fun, I thought. Uh yeah, I I this is a really good way to start. Uh, night two, I I'd almost say make this a permanent feature. Have like a way to get back in that would make it like a super strong style fourteen instead of sixteen. But having a losers match to get back in, it was it was a very unique way of shaking the start of a night up. Um, and the crowd were very responsive to it. A lot of cool spots revolving around Andrews and Macross. Um. I very much enjoyed the Origins Dragon Gate style takedown of Damon Moser with like all their moves coming in very very quick succession. Um, I love Mastiff's reaction to when the Origin came oh, out. Oh yeah, that was amazing. It's like, oh my friends, <laughs> these hey crowd, these, these guys are my mates. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. Um, Gave the big thumbs also, up. Also, Dave Mastiff leveled TK Cooper with some German suplexes, and Cooper took them like a champ. Well, he 
he destroyed Moser as well, but that looked like it was a an actual injury <laughs> because um have you have you gone back and seen this on VOD? Um yes, I have. It looks to me like and this is gonna sound like I'm bagging on him again. <laughs> uh, but it looked like Moser's head was a tiny bit out of position. And he kinda um, got walloped. And it meant that he kinda got crunched by Mastiff's big um cannonball splash and if there's one guy who you don't <laughs> if there's one move you don't want going slightly wrong it's uh, a cannonball splash from a big lad like mastiff um he really looked nasty and i hope he's okay um as much as i don't enjoy seeing him wrestling well, he's uh, I don't he's wish, wrestling this weekend so can't have been too bad uh, uh did good but not good. Yeah. Um, good that he's recovered. Uh, Andrew's winning um, this was the best choice, definitely. And just him being the one to get on the miracle run was the best choice. Like, because he's small, he's kind of the underdog. Um, he has all that fighting spirit. Um, yeah, really happy to see Honestly, him get I the chance. I preferred someone like Cooper to like steal it and then lose to Whip uh, Whiplash. No, he said Whipwreck. Um, <laughs> Lose to Whiplash and then Whiplash go to the final, but um, I think they wanted for the story they told. I think Andrews was the right. They, I think Andrews being the guy to get the final created better matches than it would have been with Whiplash. Also, they wanted Gibson to get to the semi-final, and you can't do Whiplash Gibson. Uh, you could, you could. Uh... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I just don't see it working out because. You need someone to root for in that scenario, and you just progress. Do not want anyone rooting for either guy right now. Uh, I suppose. I mean, I guess you could have shuffled it around, had Gallagher beat. Um, but I think they wanted to put Gibson, over Gibson but, big time yeah. in this tournament. That, that that's fair. That's fair. For the story they told, I was fine with Andrews. I. It sounds to me like I wasn't that into Andrews's uh, day two run. Um, it was none of his matches enha- again enhanced a lot by being there live and sort of re- dawning on you that they're sort of doing this. Like I, the tournament was sort of playing out in my head as it was going on, and I was just super excited to be like, "Oh my! If Andrews wins the tournament, <laughs> having having been eliminated already, like how amazing would that be? Or like, are we going to get Andrews Hero two in the final? I that would have been my my dream booking scenario." Uh, like I know that's probably not what they envisioned at the start of the tournament. <laughs> well, I know it's definitely not what they envisioned at the start of the tournament. But <laughs> I very much doubt they would have um, envisioned a, a rematch from the same tournament in the final, but, uh, in a knockout tournament. That would have so, been yeah. an amazing final, and we'll get to it in a bit um, as to what the final was actually like. <laughs> um, but Andrew's hero too. The roof would have blown off the building, <laughs> considering it was already pretty dislodged on night one after their match. Uh, immediately after the ten-man scramble, yep. I have trouble with numbers, <laughs> clearly, um, Whiplash came straight out and faced Andrews in a match I was told to skip, so I did. <laughs> um, I was told it was very bad. And not worth your time. Uh, I it was a no, it was a nothing match really. Just it was a couple of minutes, and Andrews rolled him up, and Whiplash looked like a punk basically. Yeah, 
I almost wish I had seen this match so I could accurately comment, but I really feel this this tournament did a lot of damage to Whiplash. Yeah. Because he'd been brought back as a, at very least, an opicarder, um, feuding with Tommy End, getting involved in the main event, and then he loses to someone who's just gone through a 10-man scramble and already lost the previous night, going out in the quarterfinals having not that impressive a win in the first round because he was facing Moser. Mm. Um, not only was it not a great match, but Moser's pretty low on the pecking pecking order. Um, so a win over him isn't exactly the strongest. Had this been Haskins uh, beating him and Haskins not have uh, had to have gone through the 10-way immediately before, I think this would have come off better. Because Haskins is presented higher than Andrews at this point, um, and obviously wouldn't have it wouldn't be a second match in a row. Uh, but it being Andrews, I think the whole tournament's really damaged with Whiplash, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, he's the only guy who has come out of the tournament looking a lot worse than uh, he looked coming into it, and eh, Moser as well. Eh, I'll, um... <laughs> Proved he's not very good. Yeah, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Um, just they brought you, like you say, they brought him back, sort of at the top of the card, or in like feuding with a main eventer, and then immediately make him look like a punk. And now it doesn't even look like they're even gonna do a blow off to that feud. It just seems like, very, very strange. <laughs> like I think we probably will see a blow off at some point, but like, it will have um... no heat because everyone on no end is winning. Like they haven't presented Whiplash. Like they can do rehab, but he's facing. Do do they know End is winning? I think if they have the match, I think um, Whiplash will win. Oh wow! Because End's on his way out. Um, do you think that would be like for the title shot? Do you think that's how they get out of it? If I think that would be a good story to go with. Um, oh, that that would rehab Whiplash if he retired. Exactly. I think and... that's that's kind of what we have to do at this point. <laughs> yeah, I will I hadn't um, thought about that, but yeah, that is that would rehab him. <laughs> or even if it's not for the title shot, maybe you do the match after he's had his title shot, if that yeah. makes any sense. And then like it's his last match and he puts over Whiplash on his way out and it kind of it undoes does some of the damage that this has done to him. Although it's weird to call it damage because he was kind of elevated by being put in a feud with End yeah, he, and then it, dragged back down never to the place where he booked. was previously. He'd never actually been booked like a main eventer. He just sort of inserted himself in the main event and they booked him as they would have if they hadn't. <laughs> it's, it's an yeah, odd situation, but yeah. It's it's funny from like a kayfabe perspective because yeah. it look it looks like this guy who's like just really overrates himself and sees himself as the main eventer <laughs> gets involved in the main events and then like when his big chance comes up to prove that he's actually that he's kind of like <laughs> he does how everyone expects him to do he's right back to his little box <laughs> and then like and then when he when he does interfere in the the main event again here. Um, he he was like dispatched easily. Ed was like, "Oh come on, Whiplash! Yeah, he, You're he not looked on like my a level. massive idiot. Let, like he let the main he sort of like play. walked past End because like it, the lights were off, but like people could sort of see yeah. what was going on. He just sort of walks past End, oh, stares in the opposite direction, and then gets his head kicked off. <laughs> yeah, those things like 
I've never actually been live for like a, a lights out thing, but I can only imagine if you remember no, it, when it, Ray Wyatt. It, it's because he was wearing a white T-shirt. Surprise appearances. <laughs> it's because he was wearing a white T-shirt, so it sort of shone through <laughs> the dark. If he was wearing a black T-shirt, you wouldn't have been able to see it, but you could sort of. It came. It came across pretty decent oh, okay. on uh, VOD. I thought, like, I I didn't. I went in without knowing what was happening with the interference, yeah. and I didn't like. I didn't see it happening ahead of time. Um, now. Whether you want to make Whiplash, who is the guy who's going to be sticking around, look so inferior to the guy who's going away, uh, that's maybe another story. But um, we'll get to that, I guess. Um, we've kind of already touched on it several times. Should we get to Jack Gallagher versus Zach Gibson? Yeah, I, I kind of mentioned earlier that I wasn't too impressed with Gallagher here. Um, yeah. I thought he was too playful. Um, yeah, this would would have this like, was a match that he should have maybe become a bit more serious and dropped the yeah, like with Cooper it's yeah. fine because Cooper's sort of a half comedy act but here he probably should yeah. have stepped it up and yeah maybe was a little too playful but again it made Zach Gibson look really good so I think it would have made him look better if like Gallagher had gone serious and then um because the one uh, and then Gibson had still beat him um. But uh, the one spot that really annoyed me was like the little package thing. Oh yeah, and, like, I, I I enjoyed you, that live. That was very funny. Like I kind of like it as a thing, but I think it made as Gibson. I felt like <laughs> sixth time lucky. Um, I felt like this tournament was trying to really establish Gibson as a serious main eventer and making him look. It kind of made him look silly because basically, for if you haven't seen it, Gibson was Gallagher trapped Gibson in a package within his own arms, so Gallagher wasn't touching Gibson at all, but Gibson couldn't move. And I thought that was a bit too much of a comedy spot for, um, a bit too much of a comedy spot for someone who. Someone in Gibson who, at that point, watching on Spoiled, I felt, oh, Gibson's got a chance of winning this. Um, I I feel like that spot would have been better suited for the TK Cooper match. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Yeah, I, I I didn't affect my enjoyment of a match, though. So yeah, it was it was what it was, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm a grumpy yeah. fan, so. <laughs> That that match that that spot was like, I went oh that's a cool spot and then I was like yeah does it need to be going on this long in the like if it had been a few seconds and Gibson like like pulled himself out mm. and was a bit embarrassed by what happened and was like angry at, at Gallagher but like he was just completely trapped and like he couldn't move at all and it was like uh, right this this is going on too long I, I think Gibson look, look too much like I think it makes it okay because in the end Gibson looked dominant. In his win, uh, like it, it, I know he yeah, cheated a bit, so. but like he's a heel, so he's allowed to. <laughs> like it, I'd have preferred it not to happen, but I don't. I like I don't think it's done like any sort of irreparable damage yeah, yeah. to to Gibson. It, it, it's it's not my biggest gripe from the tournament for sure. Um, 
but yeah, a, a solid match, but I was hoping for a bit more here, especially with how familiar these two are together and how beloved Gallagher is um, compared to Gibson, who's really hated. I thought, you know, the, you, you had a really strong face-heel dynamic here. And it was it was a good match, but, it, you know, three and a quarter if we're going stars. Uh, Big Daddy Volta versus Chris Hero. Holy Love crap. <laughs> Love this match. I thought this was the best match work. Well, the best match work. Best worked match of the, the entire weekend. Uh, even over Hero Andrews. Um, Hero Andrews' reactions um, were a bit stronger than that. And that put the, that, that match over the top for me. Um, but I thought this was very, very close. Um, and, you know, following the tournament kind of on Twitter as it was happening live. Because... Ollie was there live, I wasn't. I'm not sure if we've established that yet. Um, all the hype was for Hero Andrews, and this match, I thought it would be good going in when I heard that it happened. Um, but it, the lack of hype it got made me maybe enjoy it even more, um, because I, I, I just thought this was brilliant. As, as said earlier, Walter, I'm in love with this year. <laughs> um, and he proved exactly why here. It, I wouldn't say it's like any sort of match of the year contender, but they didn't wrestle it like they were going for epic. No, they um, they went to lever each other basically. <laughs> I thought that they they left a lot on the table here to protect the hero end match. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, like that that was supposed to be like hero's emotional climax, or really the emotional climax of the whole tournament. I think was in that match. This was. Almost like a taster for that match, but it ended up yeah. sort of being better. <laughs> this was my match of the night, and as I said, best match, best work match of the tournament, and yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that about sums it up. <laughs> would love to see these t these two have another match in like where Hero isn't wrestling again later yeah, and isn't saving where they can himself. go all out because they've had great matches in the past in like. Just before Hero went to NXT, but um, I'd love to see another encounter because, as you said, Walter is having a hell of a year. Chris Hero is having a hell of a year. Maybe both of their best years ever, and I'd love to see them uh, their paths meet. Um... Oh, that was close. Um, no, I'd love to see their paths meet uh, again. It where they can really go all out, because the, if this was a taste, I want the whole meal. <laughs> this is a great analogy to end that match on, and move into Sammy Callahan, Chris Hero. And speaking of end... Yeah, yeah two for one. <laughs> Tommy End, Sammy Callahan. This was, this was pretty quick, actually. Like, they really got in and out. I thought this was a very similar match to the Rampage match. Um... I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because you obviously were that high on the Rampage match and I was. I thought it was very similar stylistically and very similar in quality as well. Yeah, I, I like that they played in the same spots that Callahan used against Cross in day one and played some of them straight and um, inverted some of the others. Like, it was a nice, like, callback to his day one performance. Um... You know, he also called him like Big Brother or whatever, and it felt it felt like this match had like a personal edge to it. Like, it was an edgy match. <laughs> yeah, and um, I I thought 
as we mentioned, the heel work that Callahan put on in in, in day one really benefited this match. Because um, I think N was always going to be the face in here, but um, the the more clear roles really really helped. Yeah. Um, at first, I I was a bit worried that it was heading towards excessive, but then it ended. So you know, it was like six and a half minutes or something. I think you said. Yeah, yeah, it was like they, seven minutes long. They went heavy on the pile drivers, but when you're only going six minutes, you can kind of get away with that because you can always go with the argument. Well, they weren't that worn down yet. They can kick out some pile drivers early, um, and then fall not long after. So yeah, uh, again, I was at three and a half here. I thought this was another match that well hid um, N's flaws as a singles worker. Um, again, a sprint, and yeah, suited them well. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I went with uh, three stars here. Um, Callahan had a pretty decent performance in this tournament, but again, maybe not used to his full potential. Um, I think I understand why they why they brought him in because I think they did a he he did a good job in his role and his role was important. Um, for to enhance end well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, as mentioned, healed on the first night, um, kind of like, winning that first night made him feel like a big deal in port, um, as opposed to like, I, I don't think a first round encounter between these two would have been in, as impactful, but, uh, him being healed in the first round really helped, um, and then, yeah. I thought this match did a lot, end a lot of good, at least in my eyes, because, remember, as mentioned, I'm not the most into um, singles end, but this this was a positive, and I actually thought this was end's best singles match in the tournament. Uh, I would say his semi-final match coming up would be that, um, and we'll get to that in one match's time, because the first semi-final match was Zach Gibson versus Mark Andrews, and I feel like these two stories that these guys were on meshed at the perfect time in this tournament. Andrews was on the road to redemption. Um, Gibson cut the same promo again for the third time in a row. And by then, like, everyone had picked up that that's what he was doing. And, like, he was going to look to end the match in the same way. He did, but Andrews avoided it, rolled him up. Well, he got locked him at Shankly Gates, but he did not tap out, rolled him up, and got into the final. <laughs> and like that was like such an emotional match just because their stories met at the right time and both guys looked really good coming out of it to the point where uh Gibson almost got like a baby face um eliminated from the tournament like standing ovation at the end of the I I get the sense that you were a lot a lot more high on both semi-finals than I was yeah. <laughs> um I I wasn't in love with this match. Uh, I think it was... Um, I had it on the, around the same level as the Gallagher match, and as stated, I wasn't overly high on that one either. Uh, again, at three and a quarter. Um, but it was crisp, well-worked, but kind of forgettable. It, it, it was short, again. Um, I, I don't have the times in front of me, but I feel like this was a short one. And... Yeah, yeah, just didn't do a whole lot for me. No time for this one, weirdly. It's the only one that didn't get a time, so... <laughs> I I think this was a bit longer, though. 
I think this was ten minutes at least. So I didn't get that sense watching, but I didn't time. I'm not no. the best at. But I, it it didn't come across as overly satisfying for me. Um, I just think like with both. I would like to see oh, a more dramatic finish to Ed Gibson's story. Yeah, uh, it's true, but I feel like the roll-up protected him as well as, like, showing Andrews was, like, quicker and also, like, taking advantage of his opportunity more. Like, Andrews didn't pin anyone on, like, off, like, a significant move all night, but, like, he was scraping by and scraping through, and that made him more rootable, ultimately. I just feel like both this and the next semi-final we're going to talk about were really the emotional climaxes to the weekend, and the final didn't have that same kind of emotional feel to it. Um, should we get to the second semi-final now? Um, Chris Hero versus Tommy End. Obviously, uh, Heroes Eventually Die, which they played the theme song before the match. <laughs> and um, Hero was part of um, partly trained End, so lots of history going into this match. And I know you didn't really like the the, the way they exchanged the strikes going around the ring. But at the time, like, the force that they were hitting each other with, and just, like, it was sort of good crowd brawling, because everyone could see it and sort of get invested in it. It wasn't just like they were off in the corner somewhere hitting each other with chairs. It felt very personal and very real. Yeah. <sighs> See, to me, it just felt like walking around hitting. <laughs> it might not. Have, it might, um, might not have translated very well to VOD. I think. Like, the best thing about this match was the reaction. Um, the crowd reaction was amazing. Yeah. So you know, what do I? Know, I think I that guess? this they, is the loudest I'd ever heard the electric ballroom for this match. Even if it didn't work for me, I can't criticize them too much for it because it worked for the live crowd. Um, and you know, that's that's at least most of their job. Um, to get a good reaction from mm. the live crowd, even if they are, they're, they're also working for the, the the video audience. But um, I I can't criticize them too much. But yeah, it was it felt like a walk around strike, trade strikes, not really sell the strikes. Um, and then when it got into the ring, um, hit each other with a second rope pile driver, and then get up. I thought that later. was a bit too much. I I wasn't a fan of that, but in the moment you can't, you just can't help but get caught up in it. Like, it was, it was. I think the reaction at Ghana justified it, sort of defying all kayfabe logic. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> second second rope pile driver, and then you're back on your feet ten seconds later, and you win again. The match. Tommy Reigns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but again. Got a great crowd reaction, so you you can't crucify them mm. for it. You can't. I I also felt the emo like the post match emotion really made it. Like Chris Hero was like crying in the ring. I like <laughs> I'm <laughs> on like a personal level. I think I like made eye contact with him while he was crying, and it was just like, oh my god, this feels like a really huge moment. And like he definitely loved working for Progress, and uh, he should deliver another great match. Uh, this weekend, it definitely came across as a live match, like a match that worked for the live crowd a lot more than because mm, they did. They I did mean, a lot. I've heard people and 
Sorry, they did a lot, and that works in the live environment when you're not really critiquing it as much as you are in the recorded environment. Like when I watch a match back, um, I think it's like it's like next or next but one match I've got to uh watch on my rewatch. But when I watch it back, I'll probably be like, "Ah, that was stupid," just like you. But in the moment, you can't but help but get caught up in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally understand that. Um, moving on to Sweet Jesus versus Dazzler Team. Um, <laughs> no DQ match. Number one contendership. We we've gone long. So uh, I I imagine we'll probably go pretty short discussing. Yeah, this, this match. was. It was a solid plunder match, and that was all it was. Uh, Dazzler team was needlessly violent. I would fine. call it because it was like a comedy match, but they were doing, um, freaking thumbtack spots and stuff. Um, it, it didn't really have any weight or impact, and it just felt like uh, I was just <laughs> I was almost like one foot. Of my way to the bar, like <laughs> trying to get the the intermission drink before anyone else <laughs> during this the entirety of this match. Yeah, it it was it was there. Dazzler team won. They're they're the first challengers for the London Riots. Dazzler team were the first challengers for the London Riots, which is an odd choice if you want to get their reign off to a good start because they're not particularly good. And um, even even I did like I did like um. Daryl's look here. I like the kind of mohawkish mm. shave sides. I, I think it, it, it's a look that work that works better for him as a heel, um, where previously he just like, yeah, your, your friendly little guy uh, didn't quite work as a heel. heel look, yeah, I think but, this uh, is this yeah. his tag team match is almost like a throw a bone to Daryl Allen for all the work he's done for us. All the people he's trained. Yeah, and uh, good trainer. Oh, black, oh, black Junior is also there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised by the result because uh, I can't remember who got pinned. E either it? got pinned. That, it's really surprising because Ma Mambo is right there. <laughs> some point. Like Mambo, yeah, Mambo's there. Why don't you? But yeah, Mambo you? lives the gimmick as well. Like he was like walking past me, like outside the ballroom, and he's just like dressed in like a turban and like these robes. And he's got like, <laughs> like two women on like, on either side of him. Like, <laughs> I think that's just him. Yeah, I think that's just him. Um, but yeah, we'll get to the final now. Mark Andrews versus Tommy End. The match progress. Twitter wasn't very happy with me saying it was underwhelming, even though everyone thought it was underwhelming. Did you think it was underwhelming? It was underwhelming. That's exactly yes, the was. word I would use to describe it. <laughs> because last year's final was amazing. It was. I think I might have put it in my top ten of the year. It's definitely one of the three or top three or top five best progress matches ever. Osprey and Sabre Junior brought absolute fire. Like they got across that they were exhausted, but still had a really good match around that idea. Whereas here, they didn't really get across that they were like completely exhausted from their hard uh, wrestling uh, the previous day and on that day. It just felt a bit like a main event, but on double speed. Well, double speed is generous. It <laughs> wasn't worked particularly quickly. It was it was short, but it wasn't a. Sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. You, like they got all the spots. They just wanted to say like, "Oh, get all the spots in." It was almost like they were like running out of time on the show. They had to get out of there. 
It was like one of those main events when you go to an indie show and they've gone long, and so they just be like, ah, fuck it, let's just get everything in. Like, the the point progress brought up to me, um, now I don't know who was running the Twitter account at the time, but whoever it was, they they were very... The amount of time Andrews had been wrestling over the two days, especially that day, which is fair, it's his fourth mm. match, but... As a fan, if I'm saying that a match is underwhelming, <laughs> like, that's not my fault. That's your fault for booking someone to have four matches in a night. If if he can't handle doing four matches in a night, don't book him to do it. And if he can handle it, then he can be crucial. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the times now, actually. Like, um, well, I don't have the time for the 10-man scramble, but let's say it's about 10 minutes or just under... He actually has the same amount of wrestling time on the day as Tommy End, and then uh, just eight minutes more from day one. So, you know, you can't really say, oh, he definitely can't cut like a 15-minute match. And I may sound a little hypocritical here after saying End's best suited to short matches, End's best suited to short matches, and then complaining about it, the final being too short and having End in it. Um, but I think that's like, that's the epitome of the point I'm I'm making about End not being a singles main event guy mm. because he's good in short sprints. But this wasn't the time to do a short sprint. But that's not what you want. That's not what you want for main event. This should have been the blow off to the weekend, and instead the blow off to the weekend felt like those two semi-finals, which were uber emotional in the moment, and like really felt like after that I felt kind of done. And, like, even though they had the two breaks with um, the Plunder tag team match and the Wasteman challenge, uh, which is very entertaining, uh, body guy Roy Johnson, very good on the mic. So, <laughs> he, he has a place in progress, definitely. Um, oh, we, we missed the, the Roy Johnson. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, there's not much to talk about other than he's yeah. very entertaining. <laughs> um, uh, you, it sounds like you enjoyed it. Uh, it sounds another thing that might have been very much a live thing because uh yeah i didn't love it didn't love it at all um but yeah me being wrong, <laughs> i guess fair enough but like even after that i still felt like i wasn't that emotionally invested in the main event if it had been andrew's hero i would have just like <laughs> run to the front row and been just like going bananas or something like i would have been i just i just don't think like Andrews and End meshed well, and they weren't really on the same page about how to proceed with a six-minute match, whereas I think if they'd been given 12 or 15 minutes, they both would have probably understood what they needed to do to get across that it was the final, and they just had a hell of a lot to pack into six minutes, and they didn't really do a very good job Especially of it. Especially with like, the interference. Yeah, exactly. That spot. took up like a whole minute of the match. Like, the... With the interference, I felt like they were they were getting the interference out early, yeah, so that they could have and a then they were going to have a long, clean match, and then it ended. And I was like, "Oh, well, that's the end of the." And tournament. it was underwhelming. <laughs> I I completely agree with you. I've on talked that. to like twenty people now, and I think everyone has agreed with me, and that never happened. <laughs> um, um, I'm, yeah, maybe if someone doesn't tag you in something, and. States their opinion. Maybe don't go after them. 
maybe. Mm. If you're what, what did what did they say? Did they was it like particularly argumentative uh, or? It started off tongue in cheek. Um, that they made fun of um, me saying things were underwhelming, but then the tone kind of changed. But whatever. Um, but who who cares? Who cares? Um, main event was like. The thing that the biggest thing I took away from this tournament that was like, yes, prove me all right, was that no one was talking about end. Yeah, out of the four semi-finalists, like the other three semi-finalists were all getting like major props. Like I did a podcast with um Alan Ian, who, who was a previous guest on uh, mm-hmm. well, robot. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had the real one yet. And Jack Lozell, and like we were all singing the praises of the other three, and then. I don't think we ever even like addressed the end had even won the tournament on like in our forty minutes of talking about it. Like it just didn't feel like big news. It felt like kind of a sideshow to like the big weekend hero had had and like the great character work Gibson had done. Yeah, I I feel like we've been very critical of Tommy End, but it's sort of it's constructive criticism. We're not, we're not saying he's a bad wrestler, but um. He has areas to improve on. I feel like he could be an amazing wrestler, and right now he's oh, just a good wrestler. There's a lot to like about Ed. Yeah. I think he's a great tag team wrestler and a good singles wrestler. The problem is he's being pushed as a singles main eventer, and I don't think he's suited to that spot at the moment. Now, the interesting thing is that after this weekend, or maybe slightly before this weekend, it, it kind of came out publicly that End is very short for the Brit rest world. That makes it sound like he's dying or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's off to NXT unless something catastrophic happens. And I think that could be a better fit for him. Because um, a lot about End is his aura. And like, if you look at someone else who's pretty much all aura, um, look at, oh, what's her NXT name? Uh, Asuka. And look how over she is in NXT. I, uh, I I think not only would the aura be better suited to that environment, but also his work with a bit more restraint on it might become better. Like, if he, he adopts a bit more of a formula, instead of just going balls to the wall with the amazing strikes and, like, trying to please everyone, like, maybe... Uh, <laughs> I don't really know how to say this without sounding like a dick, but like slow it down. Like, oh, that makes me sound like a dick already. But I'm not even sure. Like, slow it down, but like make your strikes stand out a little more, perhaps. Yeah. Especially the law finish. of diminishing returns. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you if if you've got a strike as a finish, it needs to stand out. Uh, that's that's like our takeaway point from all of this. Um, now, now moving on to like more overall points for the weekend. What did where where are, where are your overall thoughts on that? Because I thought night one was a, a great show. Night two was a good show, not not great for me. Uh, and overall, it was a, a a very good tournament, not a great tournament. Well, overall for me, it was a hell of an experience just being there live. I would highly recommend. These are the shows to go to if you're planning to go and see progress at the Electric Ballroom. Like, because sometimes you do get a bit of a duff card and it's like not as good as maybe you were expecting because they have a very high standard and usually they meet that very high standard. Sometimes they fall just short. 
but like they knock it out of the park with strong they, like these are the shows to go to if you want to see like progress go all out no bullshit finishes they just it's it's like everything that's good about progress in over two days as well and that's really fun and just the st- the stories they told throughout the weekend I think flowed really well like I say with the Gibson Andrews stuff um so yeah I, <laughs> I have a very very positive view of the whole weekend even if the final was underwhelming I don't think it really mattered so much because the semi-finals delivered that kind of climactic feeling already yeah I I kind of the the tournament kind of felt like it spluttered out for me yeah because after really enjoying the first round enjoying the quarterfinals quite a lot uh the semi-finals didn't do too much for me and then the final similarly didn't do too much so yeah, yeah. Uh, what were your what were your three stars of the tournament? Uh, I'll give you a bit of time to think. Number three for me was Gibson. Um, I I loved his promo. I think he has really established himself really well. I enjoyed every single one of his matches, and I thought he was the best guy in every single one of his matches. Um, the the better guy in every single one of his matches. Um, and he he managed to stand out. Um, uh, that was a definite positive for him. Um, Walter was my number two. I I enjoyed both of his matches a lot. He managed to have a really good match with um, Mastiff, which, as we've said, has been kind of rare recently. And then number one has to be Chris Hero. He had the best two matches of the tournament. Um, I kind of forgot to mention that Walter had the second best match of the tournament <laughs> uh, when I was talking about him. But yeah, um, loved his Andrews match, loved his hero, no, he is hero, loved his Walter match. Um, wasn't too hot on his end match, but um, yeah, he, I, Chris Hero's great. Chris mm-hmm. Hero's great, and thank God they brought him in, because <laughs> he, he made this tournament for me. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it went from good to great because of him. Um, yeah, like like you say, Volta, Gibson, and Hero, stars of the tournament, but also maybe way under the radar, but TK Cooper, like, he definitely belongs on every chapter show going forward, because... I think he had a very good performance, but I, I have a hard time putting him there. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm... I'm but having one singles match and one... Yeah, I'm match, saying, like, but, as uh, an underrated... I can see your yeah. point, definitely. I just, I just, I don't, I want, I want to call him out, even though, like... Obviously, he's not like the top three performers of the weekend because he never got the chance to be. Um, but like, he proved he he definitely proved himself. He proved he belonged in the sixteen. He's the guy who whose stock has ridden the most with him yeah. this weekend. I mean, obviously that helps that it wasn't as high to start with. But um, there, yeah, bit bit big TK fan now. Uh, both parts of the Pacific Power Couple. I'm in on that. <laughs> um, and then I'll quickly reel off my matches of the tournament in case you're, you're cherry-picking. Uh, my number five, Rampage Brown versus Tommy End. Love the intensity they brought there. Um, best Tommy End match of the tournament, I thought. I may have said it was Callahan. It was, but those two were very close, I think. Um, quick sprint, doesn't use up a lot of time. Well worth a watch, even if Ollie doesn't like it as much. But yeah, depending on whose uh, opinions you have. <laughs> uh, number four... Mastiff versus Walter, great hoss fight, great stuff. Um, Walter's amazing. We've kind of been over that. Uh, number three, 
Gibson versus Williams, I thought it was a brilliant first impression for Williams. I really hope he's brought back. Um, he's another guy who I stock rose with me because I hadn't seen a huge amount of him before. And now I've seen a match of him and very much enjoyed him. And obviously, I love Gibson um, and thought he did a great job here, uh, especially going after the arm. I thought that was maybe his. Uh, I thought that was not only his best match, but also uh, the best he went after the mat. Uh, best he went after the arm in the tournament. Um, and then two and one. I've already kind of said, but my the two Chris Hero matches, very close together. Um, both in work and my overall opinion, I thought Walter's match was slightly better worked, but the reaction in for the Andrews match put it over the top uh, overall. It's a pretty good, damn good list. Um, I would add Gibson Andrews to that as well. I feel like the story surrounding that match really made it good. Um, and it sounded like you were very high in hero end, but you haven't seen that back yet. No. You? Also, Dunn Haskins, I feel definitely go watch that because I, I we kind of almost forgotten about it because we talked about it like two hours ago now. But <laughs> uh, that neither of them advanced kind of helps yeah. that <laughs> helps you forget about <laughs> it. But uh, yeah. But a, a lot of good stuff, even if I wasn't completely in love with the Yeah, uh, uh, there was only, well, like, there was only, like, two skippable matches, I would say. Um, but Whiplash matches. Yeah, which is unfortunate for him. Because um, he's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. Um, compared to last year's tournament, I thought last year's climax better. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I preferred the final to anything that was on um, the show, uh, any of mm -hmm. the shows this year. Um, but I thought this year was more consistent and probably slightly better overall. I would agree with that, definitely. Like, if he almost transplanted last year's final into this year's tournament, like, that would be a, like, a super tournament, like, a, a all-times tournament. <laughs> right, we have gone very long now, so we're going to rush for a preview for chapter 31 which is happening in manchester on the 19th um so we have to do it now because otherwise we won't get a chance to uh we will try and be pretty quick here and hopefully i will be able to edit down some of the <laughs> strong style review to to expediate that somewhat uh first eva versus whiplash this should be a good match to re-establish whiplash as a, a, a threat um, both are good wrestlers. I think they'll work well together. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. uh, Eva might be getting pinned again, so don't count on him like cashing in his Progress Championship match too soon. Yeah, I guess they've got a year. Yeah. Break, so they've, they've got room to manoeuvre there. Um, next match, Damon Moser versus Zach Gibson. If if Moser can't have a good match with Gibson, <laughs> then I'm completely done with him because I'm all in on Gibson at the moment. Gibson crush. Um, <laughs> if Gibson could get a good match out of Moser, I will be even more high on Gibson and um, will be loving him all the more. <laughs> Nothing to add. No. Um, now this moving on to one of uh, this could have been very close on most shows to being my most anticipated match. The, the final kind of, the, the main event here kind of stops that, but Pollyanna versus Dahlia Black. 
great build. He's taken a little bit of a back burner, a, a back foot. Uh, what's the phrase there? It's been put on the back burner a little bit in recent shows for the the strong style tournament. But th this one's 